Hello and welcome to the Independent Living Podcast. With me today I have William Beckett from Hip Impact Protection and we're going to be discussing the draft consolidation document that's recently been published by NICE on the assessment and prevention of falls in older people. Hello William. Hello, good morning Francis. Would you like to start by telling us a bit about the NICE document and why you think it's important? Yes indeed. This document, which is called or entitled Falls, an assessment and prevention of falls in elder people, is a nice clinical guideline. And it's a draft for consultation, which came out this month, January 2013. It's part of a ongoing annual series of recommendations from NICE on the question of falls and fracture prevention although I put the emphasis on falls prevention rather than fracture prevention because the organisation seems to be focused entirely on preventing falls as opposed to preventing fractures. Now that will seem something of an anomaly to many people because how do you actually prevent a fall? Well, (laughs) it's really an impossibility. You may be able to avoid the possibility of patients having falls by various methods, such as instituting bed rails or whatever, so that they don't roll out of bed. However, to actually prevent a fall is, I would stress, really an impossibility. And we really feel that the organisations should perhaps focus on preventing fractures. And indeed, a report came out in May 2011 which said that NHS services for falls and fractures in elder people are inadequate, as it was a result of a a national audit of falls and bone health report in elder people. That said that the most important principle of care is to respond to the first fracture in order to prevent the second. Older people cannot currently be assured that their local NHS services will do this. This is really one part of the healthcare industry, Uh, criticising another, because the NICE document, although it says it's really produced for consultation, puts a series of fences around most of the content of the document by saying that no comment may be made on parts of the document that relate to the period of 2004. Why do you think they've um, gone this route, preventing comment on particular areas? Well, it's a very good question. Far be it from me to uh, advise NICE on on anything, but uh, it would seem to me that they placed a stake in the ground in 2004 and uh, have been unwilling really to look at any further developments or research done since that, uh, that date. Now, I have to say that the industry did respond to the reports that were produced prior to 2004 and in the years leading up to it, which said that one of the key reasons why hip protectors, which is one possible intervention between the patient and the floor or ground, were not really as effective as they could be because the patient compliance or acceptability of the of the hypotex themselves, was quite low. And the reason for that was that up to that point, hip protectors generally, but not exclusively, generally, were manufactured from some form of hard plastic, 
which, although it was actually quite effective in preventing a fracture, was extremely uncomfortable to wear, particularly in bed at night, when, you know, which is a time when many falls um, occur. Something like 30 or 40% of falls occur after dark because of dim light, slippery floors, whatever. And uh, if the patient is being required to wear a hip protector at night, obviously it must be comfortable in bed. Now, it's self-apparent that a hard hip protector is not going to be a comfortable device to wear in bed. No, of course not. So how would you say that hip protectors have changed in the intervening time? Well, indeed, they have changed. The industry has responded to, to those criticisms. And largely, but not entirely, the hip protector market is now dominated by devices made out of some form of foam or textile material, which is soft and comfortable to wear. However, the corollary of that is that they're somewhat less effective than in preventing a fracture than the earlier hard shell models. There have been some clinical trials which have indicated that this is the case, but the firms providing these respond with well, uh, yes, but we're getting better compliance, therefore the overall level of fractures has fallen, which is, of course, quite true, but somewhat unfortunate for the wearer in that if they are wearing them when they're out and about, they are actually more likely to sustain a fracture than if they were wearing the earlier, earlier models. Gosh, that is a, a rather unfortunate situation, I can see. Um, so... Where do you think NICE should be going with this? Um... Well, unfortunately, because they've ruled out any comment on the vast majority of the document, i.e. specific comment on individual paragraphs or uh, recommendations, it's hard to give more constructive criticism or advice than to say, well, in general, you're not aiming at the right target and that the document should take account of soft pad hip protectors and without unduly banging our own drum the latest generation of hip protectors which have a or use a reactive material a material that absorbs the force of an impact at least as well as the original hard shell protectors did but is as soft and comfortable to wear as the best of the soft pad protectors. Right. So, so in fact, there is new technology there, which essentially NICE is excluding from their consultation altogether. That's exactly right. And I think that's a very short-sighted attitude to take, because to simply ignore all developments since 2004, and whilst including the original criticisms that were levelled at the uh, suppliers of such devices in 2004, is fundamentally unfair and it's not in the best interests, I have to say, of the patients. No, absolutely. And why do you think that NICE have taken this attitude? Well, I think the only possible reason is that they are unwilling really to fund the research, not a huge amount of money need, need be spent on such research, or the government is not prepared to fund the research, to investigate whether the newer types of hip protector are more effective both in compliance terms and arguably in, in uh, reducing the, the risk of a, of a fracture from a fall. I think that, that can only be the, the only reason I can think of. Um, however, it's not apparent from the document 
um, I can only assume it must be a, uh, for reasons of cost. Right, and are, are the hip protectors themselves a, an expensive way of preventing fractures? Uh, no, they're probably the most economical way of preventing fractures uh, yet devised. NICE uh, talks about multifactorial approaches, such things as exercise, risk assessment, i.e. are the wires and hazards in the place and so on. But those, by definition, are pretty expensive to do since the cost of people doing it will be of the order of certainly tens of pounds per, per hour, maybe hundreds of pounds per hour. And uh, the cost of, of the modern generation of protectors is about £10 per year per patient. Now, set against the cost of a, of a fracture, which it, various um, sums have been, uh, been done on this, but it's a, of the order of £15,000. It seems a very economical approach to take. And indeed, in the, in the document that we were discussing, the draft document from NICE, the, the cost per patient per year is cited as £113, which was uh, dated 2004, some 10 times what the uh, cost of a, of a modern device is. If for no other reason than uh, the updating of that, one would have thought that NICE would want to do the research. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell me, are, are there any other uh, interesting developments in this area that you think NICE should be looking at? Yes, one of the developments which they completely ignored in this document, focused as it is on prevention of falls versus prevention of fractures, I'm sorry to repeat that, but that is the critical element, they've ignored completely the very encouraging results of various trials that have implemented a form of uh, special flooring Obviously, this is far more appropriate in an institution than, than a person's home. But this special flooring is akin to that used in children's playgrounds and has been available for a very long time. There's a British standard for testing it and so on, how far you can, in effect, drop a child on its head before it injures itself. So the flooring is adjusted according to the, the likely height of the fall. Now, given that the, the, the patient will be falling from a distance of half a metre or whatever it is onto their hip or onto some other part of their body, this uh, flooring can not only prevent fractures but also of the hip, but also injuries to the elbow, shoulder, knee, head, etc., in addition to preventing hip fractures. And surely, if they're intending to prevent fractures rather than falls, they should include this option and recommend it where advisable. I mean, it's, the costings are not that enormous because the volume of, of this material now being produced for children's playgrounds is very high. And in an institutional setting where refurbishment is taking place or a new floor or something is being laid or a new wing or whatever the hospital is being built for geriatric or, or other purposes, then you would have thought that a recommendation to at least assess whether this type of material is appropriate would be included. But it's completely excluded. There's no mention of it at all, that I can find anyway, in the NICE document. That seems extraordinary when you think that there's a, a method there of preventing a, a whole range of fall-related injuries and, and it's not looked at at all. Absolutely. I, I can't understand it. And it seems to me that... The only possible explanation is that NICE are focused on maintaining their 
position as of 2004, rather than looking at development since then and recommending them to their preventions. I mean, the point also is that, you know, something like 80% of all falls, possibly even more, don't actually result in any sort of fracture. So preventing a fall <laughs> may be desirable, but the, the, the cost of, of that fall may be actually zero. And given that NICE is focused in its recommendations on cost-effective recommendations, as was um, said just recently on the radio last radio four program last week, then you would have thought that this focus on cost reduction would <laughs> would would apply here because if we set the the cost of a of a fracture of a hip something like fifteen thousand, then just one fracture prevention in an institutional setting would probably pay pay for the entire flooring. Yes, that's that's quite an impressive statistic. So, as we said at the beginning, this um, document from NICE is is a draft document at at this stage. What what do you think is the likely outcome of this consultation? I think the likely outcome will be absolutely zero. It will be an outcome that doesn't benefit patients, doesn't save money, contravenes NICE's own guidelines, and will unfortunately feed into Department of Health recommendations. For example, I got a, a letter as a result of inquiring of my MP whether he would contact the, the Department of Health, then Andrew Lansley, who, who was in charge, which he, he very kindly did. And I received a letter back saying that the Department of Health took account of independent peer-reviewed evidence on hip protectors, which I quote, they, they say, suggests a moderate reduction in hip fracture incidents for older people living in nursing residential homes, but similar data on effectiveness does not exist at the moment for hip protectors in hospital settings or for older people in the community. Well, <laughs> given the costs involved, not to mention the trauma and, and loss of quality of life and even incidents of mortality in those people, you would have thought would be sufficient to be a recommendation itself for further research being undertaken. <laughs> Uh, they say he said that the uh, use of hip protection is considered on a case by case basis, as assessed by clinicians or care home staff, and discussed with other people. Well, that that runs completely contrary to the document that had been published a year before, which I just mentioned, which was the um, uh, National Audit on Falls and Bone Health, which said that in effect that if you've had a fall and broken a hip, something should be done. Well you know, the obvious and cheapest thing to do is to provide the person who's broken the hip with a pair of hip protectors at a cost of £10 per year. This is not rocket science. This is, you know, basic care of people and taking into account what actually works. If you can't provide those hip protectors, or for some reason they're not appropriate, although our own findings are that something like 95% of people comply with hip protectors, which we call full safe, uh, which are provided to nursing homes and uh, are now being provided or will shortly be provided to national health hospitals, then one really throws up one's hands. What can one do? I think the only possible approach to take is to take the media route and try and shame NICE and uh, the Department of Health into taking action. I don't see any other possibility. Well, I I think that's probably a a very good moment to uh, draw this conversation to an end because hopefully you've taken one good step towards achieving that outcome. 
Well, I hope so, Francis. Thank you very much indeed for, for the opportunity. I hope you find it worthwhile, and I hope people listening to this uh, find it worthwhile. Indeed, it's a very interesting topic and one that I suspect we will be hearing a lot more about in, in time to come. Thank you very much, William. Okay, thank you. Goodbye now. Bye.